0: Hello and welcome to Accent of Women, a show by and about women from diverse cultures and languages right across the world. I'm Giselle Hanna. Woman, life, freedom. The ideas that inspired the Rojava revolution and the popular uprising in Iran. That's the topic of this week's show and next week's. Nilufa Kosh, Executive Council Member and Spokesperson for the Commission on Foreign Relations of the Kurdistan National Congress, shares some of the new ideas inspiring the Kurdish-led feminist and green revolutionary movement that has liberated north and east Syria, or Rojava, and it's spread to other parts of Kurdistan, including Rojhelat, which is East Kurdistan, currently known as Iran. Kosh, who spent most of the period from 2013 to 2018 in southern Kurdistan and Rojava, explains in this talk how the active and autonomous participation of women in all fields of society and politics, a core objective of the revolutionary movement, relates to respective nature and ecology. She gave a keynote address at the Eco Socialism Conference held by Green Left Weekly and Socialist Alliance on the weekend of the 1st and 2nd of July. Here is that keynote address.
1: Well, I will try to share a little bit the brief history of how the Kurdish movement discovered as Azadi Women Freedom Life. So, uh, as Peter was saying by the introduction, that Australia belongs to the Aborigines, and so we are in solidarity with their move for decolonization. So we have a similar history, and Xinjiang Azadi is uh, one of the resistance against actually colonialism. So it's not different than the history in Australia. Uh, particularly these days we are preparing ourselves for um, conferences and events in the city of Lausanne in Switzerland because uh, in 22 days the treaty, the so-called peace treaty of Lausanne uh, will become um, 100 years so we are now trying uh, to organize, uh, mobilize Kurds uh, everywhere to stand with us and act against uh, the Treaty of Lausanne and protest the Treaty of Lausanne because it's the treaty which actually divided the country of Kurdistan. So the treaty was signed after the First World War by the victors of the First World War led by the uh, United Kingdom of Britain. And uh, the idea was to create nation states over the territory of the former Ottoman Empire. So the treaty was actually the agreement to share the territory of Ottoman Empire and the current borders of the nation states in Middle East have been drawn uh, in 1923 in the city of Lausanne and signed on the 23rd of July, 1923. So in this uh, agreement, uh, three parts of Kurdistan, the biggest one was given to the Turkish state, another part was given to Iraqi state and the other part to, uh, to Syrian state. Uh, the division of Kurdistan between Iran and Turkey was already done a few centuries ago in 1639 between the Ottomans and the Persian Empire. So the second and the most worse division uh, of Kurdistan was done in 1923. The idea behind this treaty by the uh, by Britain was to create a state uh, in, uh, in which, on which they can rely uh, to prevent. The influence of the Soviet Union, because as you know, geographically Turkey is close to Russia, so Turkey was important to become a wall against the Soviet Union. That's why, when you when we when you would ask me who created the Turkish nation state, I would say I would say Britain. Uh, so the idea that's the reason why Turkey is still specific uh, in specific interest of um, the NATO and many of other countries who. Do believe to expand their power in Middle East and need a partner. This is Turkey. It was chosen in 100 years ago. Uh, so the the main problem of the treaty was not just to divide the land of the Kurds, but the most worst part was to deny the existence of the Kurdish people. So the Kurdish problem or the Kurdish card or the Kurdish question, whatever you call it, is a creation of this time. So the game was very simple, and I guess you know, uh, it was like um, when two fight, the third rejoices. So a uh, problem, permanent situation of conflict was created. So sometimes the Kurds, because the Kurds never accepted the division of that country uh, since 1923, there have been many, many of uh, uprisings against this so and all these uprisings must have been against turkey and then later on again iraq and syrian uh, repression the state repression uh, when uh, so so uh, that was the game when two fights third one rejoices so when turks and kurds fight fought each other or kurds and arabs in syria and, and in and, and and in iraq and syria and iran then london was rejoices uh, or paris or europe generally So this was the game, Uh, and uh, they kept the Kurds as a tool, the the, the demand of freedom of the Kurdish people become a tool in the hands of European capitalism, uh, just to prevent, through Turkey, the expansion of socialism from Russia at that time, Soviet Union. So this is the back, uh, back, um, this is the history behind. So, and Kurdistan um, become a colony of then four states, and exactly 50 years ago, on 20 on in in Nevruz, on Nevruz Day, 1973, when Öcalan uh, had his first meeting with some of his comrades at the university in Ankara, it was the first time when he say, when he said that Kurdistan is a colony and uh, there's a need to start the struggle for, uh, for against colonialism. So that's why when you look in the documents of the Kurdistan Workers' Party PKK, they will say our revolution is 50 years old. So that's the beginning point. So, and in Kurdistan itself, uh, so the Kurdish people have been colonized by Arabs, Turks and Persians, but the Kurdish women uh, internally have been colonized by patriarchy, by the men. So there's double oppression on women. Uh, so, this is another part of uh, history you have to know when we speak about Kurds and uh, to better understanding why and Azadi became a slogan for the revolution. So, these are some important steps in the history to know. And the other other important point is that uh, before the uh, Treaty of Lausanne, the Arabization through Islam uh, 100, 1400 four year, years ago, Uh, have been also part destructive uh, on the matrilinear uh, culture in the Kurdish society. So, because Islam uh, 1400 years ago was a a tool of uh, Arab expansionism in the region. So it was influencing also Kurdistan and it led to uh, the change of the role uh, of women in the Kurdish society. So, because uh, traditionally uh, the Kurds had strong elements of mm-hmm. matrilinear society. So, first destruction through Arabization, and then later on through the Treaty of Lausanne. So, Lausanne was the most worst part of our history in the last century because permanently, systematically, three uh, pillar, three uh, steps have been done in Kurdistan. The first is genocide. means ethnic cleansing uh, of the Kurdish society. Secondly, parallel to genocide, feminicide. Feminicide doesn't mean just physical killing of women, but um, also raping women, kidnapping women, discrimination, special laws of discrimination by the colonialist power over Kurdish women, and also the discriminatory policies of patriarchal uh, male-dominated society in Kurdistan. So this is also part of feminist side, so it's a parallel process to genocide and then of course ecocide, ecocide in Kurdistan means um destruction of uh, exploitation of all natural resources of the country uh, particularly building of dams on the rivers and uh, also still, um, this burning of the forests in Kurdistan still continuing until today like we are experiencing this in, in Turkish-occupied Afrin, the Kurdish city Afrin in Rojava. So, ecocide is a part of colonialism, uh, which has been committed in the last century. Uh, in Kurdistan, the level was achieved that um, the matrilinear root society turned to, pat- to total patriarchal society True colonialism have been oppressing Kurdish women there's uh, from hostile uh, nation-states, Turkey, Iran, Iraq and Sudan, and then also the, um, through Arabization and glor- glorification of the men uh, in the Islamic rules. So women have been become then another colony of men. And so that's why uh, in the natural, so the elements in the mat- matrilinear society of the Kurds, in this historically women have been the symbol of life, Zhen and Jian have been together because the roots of the terminology of Zhen and Jian are the same. Women and life are the same. But because of colonialism, the things changed radically. So women the between women and Jian, there was a gap. So between life and women, a gap came up. So and this is the question in 1918 when Jalan for the first time says, Well. Ooh, the Kurdish society is a mother ruled society. Why, uh, the the part, the vital part of being women, life is distracted in Kurdistan, uh, in the in in the in, in, in amongst the women. Why there's a gap between life and women? Why women and death are close to each other? Killing women, murdering women, raping them, kidnapping them. Or through some customs which have been uh, influenced by Arabization, uh, women and that are more close than women and life. So Jin and Jian have been separated. So this is the question in in on in April 1987. Uh, so and then the question is how to uh, fill the gap between Jin and Jian. For that, uh, the idea is to organize women, awakening women. So the PKK's revolution um, start to awakening the curse from colonialism, but also in this revolution, awakening the women for women's li- liberation. So it's a starting point to fill the gap between Jin and Jian, in nineteen ninety four, then for the first time, the terminology of Jin Jian is used as such. And from 1987 until 1994, so there's a process in which women start to uh, organize their stuff. And it's a time period when after the collapse of the Soviet Union, Öcalan was terribly busy to questioning the reasons for the collapse of real socialism. So in the parallel process, when he's questioning ideologically, theoretically, the reasons of the collapse, so more and more women are joining his movement. And he's looking for his proletariat, and the women said, well, we are the proletariat, we are here. So, um, and he, the women uh, participation of women in this movement helped him to find his proletariat in the new form of a new socialism, uh um i would say kurdish socialism so and uh, he then was the one who was standing always next to women and women have been the one who have trusted him so much so they the women's freedom movement helped him to find the reason of the collapse of socialism because it was not recognizing the women as a colony during the history of capitalism, feudalism, whatever. When you look in historical materialism of Marx, the periods of time, so there's no specific space for analyzing the circumstances of women through the whole history. It has been done by other socialists, but not that much like Ojalan is focusing on women. So, as I said, in 1994, uh, so women um, had their army already in 1993 uh, and start to fill the gap between Jin, and, uh, between Jin and Jian. And then the parallel question is, okay, now we are uh, women, we exist uh, as women, and we have a history uh, in Kurdistan and Middle East so, uh, for that, several academies have been founded in the mountains. Uh, so, uh, in the women's armies, you, you mustn't understand the army as a military unit. No, the army was just uh, uh, because it was happening, all the process happening in the mountains. And since you are under attack of the hostile forces, you have, of course, to protect yourself in self, uh, regarding self-defense but the main purpose of the army was to offer women space for education, for training, um, um, studying the history of Kurdistan, of women, not just in Kurdistan but uh, globally or internationally. So this was important that women came back to the matrilinear societal um, culture in Kurdistan. Uh, So that was offered by, by, uh, by the units in the women's army in the mountains. So if I speak about the women's army, you shouldn't understand it just a military issue. So it's a uh, it be, because you, there was no space to organize women in the cities and in the villages because Kurdistan was uh, occupied, is occupied by a uh, states. state. So they they haven't allowed you any space to use for education. Uh, that's why the mountains have been only places uh, where they got opportunity to organize themselves. That's why. The army it was very vital for the Kurdish women's movement at the beginning. So, um, in this whole process, uh, when the women's army was organized, in '95, the first women's political organization, and then uh, academies, etc., have been grown uh, in the in the in the in the women's movement. And then the parallel question from '95 onwards was: Okay, women and life belongs to each other, uh, but what kind of life? So uh, what what does it mean uh, to live, Uh, what kind of life do we want? So the secret was, of course, freedom, a free life, Azadi. So, and Azadi needed a struggle and for this struggle, all the structures have been built, not just in the military self-defense issues, but everywhere uh, where there was a need for women to organize themselves, they created and everywhere. Uh, autonomous women's structures from '95 onwards until today. So when we spoke, uh, speak about Zhenjian Azadi, so women life freedom, it has a history more than 30 years actually. And to find a free life, or still the revolution is continuing for freedom of women. And this is a uh, not the, the, the freedom of women is not just the issue concerning women. Because uh, we have found in the history of the Kurdish Revolution in the last 50 years, that single women in the Kurdish society can make radical changes, uh, revolutionary changes in the society, in a patriarchal society. Imagine 40 years ago where women have been seen as um, housewives or those as slaves. So uh, such a kind of women is organizing people talking to them about the colonization of Kurdistan. That was incredible at that time. So, which led then faster changes in the societies. You can organize conferences, seminars, telling the people, well, Kurdistan is a colony. So we have to look for our liberation. So men can do this. It wouldn't be so much effective if a woman is doing this in patriarchal male-dominated society. So, this is the particular specific point of the Kurdish revolution, that women are playing a key role in social revolution, in changing of the society, overcoming the elements and customs and culture of, of uh, patriarchy as a grand godfather of capitalism. So the Kurdish women's movement is actually the main power, the main ideological power of, the, of, of overcoming Capitalism, which infiltrated the society through male domination and religion, and other forms. Uh, so that's why it's a different art of revolution in this century. And as we have seen, uh, it led uh, also um, to uh, overcome a new wave of uh, new new colonialism of the region through proxy elements like. Islamic State, Taliban, whatever you call it, or Boko Haram. So this is the new wave of colonization of the region with the highest peak of using uh, religion as a tool. It's nothing else than creating again the control of patriarchy over the societies in Middle East. And they try to do this particularly in Kurdistan uh, because uh, they have known that the Kurdish women have been already changing the society radically. So through building of mosques in, in, in all parts of Kurdistan, they couldn't bring back uh, the, the culture of house, house So the women have been always on the streets So because the Kurdish women's movement slogan is getting out women from the houses, ending the culture of house so and Turkey, for example, during the time of, of Erdoğan, they have built 10,000 mosques in which the Imams prayed or applied to the men: get your wives back to home. Or the same is happening in Iran in Kurdistan. And also Saddam did the same. Through Islam, they tried to uh, use the Kurdish men against the women, because they knew that there is a hidden power in the Kurdish women as those who have been protecting during thousands of years the Kurdish culture language because um, through women, the history was given by oral um, oral traditions. Uh, So they have been the one who kept the uh, Kurdish culture alive, so the women. That's why there was a specific policy by Saddam today in Iran, in Iraq and also in, in Syria and also Turkey the specific systematic policy of feminicide against Kurdish women. If you want to destroy the Kurds, you have to attack first the women by different manners. Um, So and with the Kurdish revolution 50 years ago this, the process uh, of the Kurdish women's the the stand, the position of the 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 roles uh, which the society gave the women has changed radically. So that's why true Islamic forces, so-called Islamic forces like ISIS, they want to get back, um, bring back the women to the houses, to the or to make them slaves in their in the homes again. So and the revolution in Rojava showed that it was too late for those who had this kind of strategy to colonize again the Kurdish women, because they already had a lot of experiences and they gained self-confidence and had their own female um, perspective. They had their own armies, their political parties, their academies, their, and then later on their genealogy, the science of women, so it was not uh, easy. And women, uh, they understood this primarily, what, uh, what is uh, the story behind uh, this kind of proxy groups of Islamic State or the Wagner, whatever you call it, the paramilitary um, instruments, because these have been used as, so, against the societies by first attacking the women. So and in this that was incredible in 2014 when five female fighters in Rojava and also in Sinjar because uh, again history repeated itself against Kurdish women uh, in the case of Yazidi women in Sinjar in 2014 as you uh, still remember thousands of women have been kept, uh, kidnapped and uh, sold on the slave markets but before the, before ISIS did this, did this in Sinjar it was done in 1925 by Turkey in northern part of Kurdistan. Later on, in 1937, when the rebellion of Dersim was um, um, beaten terribly by with 70,000 deaths. So at that time, hundreds of young of Kurdish girls and women have been sold as trophies uh, to the Turkish soldiers and high-ranking officers.
0: That was Nilufar Kosh, Executive Council Member and Spokesperson for the Commission on Foreign Relations of the Kurdistan National Congress. She was delivering a keynote address at the Eco Socialism Conference hosted by Green Left Weekly and Socialist Alliance over the weekend of the 1st and 2nd of July. On the program next week, I'll bring you the concluding part of that keynote address. But that's all we've got time for on today's show. Accent of Women is produced in the Melbourne studios of Community Radio 3CR with the financial assistance of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. The show is distributed nationally via the Community Radio Network with special thanks to the Community Broadcasting Association of Australia. Music for Accent of Women was written and produced by George Cungeri. If you want to hear this show again or any of our previous programs, you can download the podcast from 3CR's website. That's 3CR.org.au. Go to the Accent of Women page and follow the links to this week's show. If you want to get in touch with the producers of the show, you can write to us at accentofwomen at gmail.com. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Giselle Hannah and I look forward to your company again next week.